you're not here by accident. You're here for a reason. And we are so glad that you are. Let's pray. God, we lift you up this morning with our worship, with our hearts, Lord. Help us to lay down everything burdensome, heavy that we walked in with and just lift our eyes to the heavens where our help comes from. Be glorified because we lift you up with grateful hearts. We thank you that mercy and joy come in the morning, newness every morning. So we lift up our praise to you this morning. Do, you, do whatever you want to, Lord. Do whatever you want to. In Jesus' name, amen. Who might let the highest king would welcome me? Oh, I was lost, but he brought me and know his love for me. Oh, his love for me. Who the sun sets free? Oh, his free. Yes, I am free. Free lies, he has raised. 
You are loved. You belong here. truth and the knowledge that you love us. We are who you say we are, God. We have a hope and a future and a purpose. We're making room today, God, for you to show us just what that is as we surrender. Sing, here is where I lay it down, God.
this morning. To do whatever you want to. To do whatever you want to. Oh, I will make room for you. To do whatever you want to. To do whatever you want to. There is a king seated among us. Let every heart receive him now. And where there is praise, he will inhabit. There will be grace and mercy all.
Jesus, we worship you today. God, may your, by your spirit, may the excitement, may the hope, may the exuberance that we feel at our future in glory with you, Jesus, because of your gospel, because of your love for us, may that same hope and joy and excitement and goodness flood our lives today, God, because your gospel changes everything today. We honor you. We lift you up. We praise you together today. In your son's name, the church all said, amen. 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 Let's lift him up this morning. Amen. 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 Thank you. You may be seated. It is good to see you. Welcome to you. Thank you for coming to worship the Lord with us this morning. We are going to continue our worship today. I have just a couple of things to share. I'm going to ask our ushers to come forward as we receive our morning offering. We continue to worship our Lord and participate in what he is doing as his gospel changes our community today by our giving. If you are a guest with us today, please do not feel obligated to give. Uh, this is something we as a body want to continue to do as we worship our King. Um, pray with me just a moment. Father, again, we just ask that you would take and multiply the gifts that are given in the way that only you can today. God, thank you for letting us be a part of what you are doing in our community and in our world. God, you don't need us, but you let us be a part of what you're doing because you love us. We praise you, God. Amen. Amen, amen. If you are a guest with us today, we want to especially welcome and just acknowledge that you are here and thank you for being here. We would love the chance to connect with you. Uh, we could do that either by you filling out one of the new here cards on the back of the chair. Uh, if you're online, you can fill that out online as well. And we have a gift station. We would just love to meet you on the way out today just to say hello. 
thank you, get a name, and just let you know. Uh, we promise not to harass you unless you want us to, and then we promise to harass you a lot. Um, we just want to be faithful to what you want from us as a guest. Uh, if you are here today and you are looking uh, for an opportunity to plug in more and you've been here for a while and you feel the Lord stirring your heart, you can fill in one of our Serve Here cards also on the back of the row or online today. Uh, we believe that as a body of Christ living and worshiping and, and serving together, we want to plug in. We want to be a part of what's going on in the life of our church and our community and that's how we do that. When we serve together, there's lots and lots of opportunities to do that. Some of them involve small children. Many do not. Okay? But, and we need help everywhere. We need help everywhere. And you guys are doing a great job plugging in. And we look forward to those of you who will continue to do so in the future. Just welcome again. Thank you for being here with us. We have an announcement video to share a couple of important items with you. And then we will be inviting Pastor Corey up to share the word with us this morning. God bless you guys. What's up, CF Ferris? We are so excited that you are here with us today. We have just a couple of announcements for you. First off, Pumpkins in the Park. It's less than a week away. It's this next coming Saturday. And if you haven't already, we would love for you to sign up for volunteer. You can do it online. There's also a sheet out in the lobby. Or if you need to, you can just show up that day. They're going to be setting up balloons and tents and all kinds of stuff. And we also hope that you join us that night for Pumpkins in the Park. All right, ladies, if you haven't registered for our women's conference, please do so. You will not regret it. It's November 4th and 5th. You can sign up in the lobby. You can sign up in the app. It's $30. We've got it now, so you can, if you haven't paid yet, you can actually go in and sign up on the app or on our website and pay right there with your credit card. It's all set up now. So get it on your calendar. Ladies, you won't regret it. That's it. That's it. Pastor Corey coming up. Bye, y'all. Bye. Oh man, I love, I love, I love our people. Oh yeah, I do, I do. Um, like as I'm, as I'm coming up, I'm sitting there fumbling and bumbling as I do every Sunday and the soft, sweet voice of the Lord from behind says, don't forget to turn your mic on. <laughs> um... I, uh, I, I, guys, I, I do, I, I want to, I just want to thank you. Um, I, uh, so this, this morning has been, has been crazy weird for me. Uh, in, in such a way that I mean, normally I'm, I'm like, I've got my notes printed out verbatim. I know word for word what I'm going to say in the direction it's going to go. This morning, I don't. And, and I say that knowing full well that because you invited people, there's people here today and now you're going, oh my God, what in the is he doing? I, so I, just to let you know, I, I had full intent in, in one direction, the Lord kind of, I felt saying, I really want to gear this for, and in my mind I was thinking, the lost. Uh, but, but in my mind, what I was saying was the unchurched. And this week... Um, I've seen it, I've known it, I've, I've battled with it. I, 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 there's so many people right now that, that are, they're, they're children of God, they're churched, they're just currently unchurched. 
Um, and and, and I, in my mind, as this whole week was going, it was just kind of almost counterintuitive to everything that I was thinking about that I wanted to say today because I showed up this morning and, and I'm seeing people that, that aren't, aren't lost. We're just unchurched. I, I've talked to numerous people this week that, that were telling me about how hard it's been. Life for some, I, I just, just crazy, some of the things that have happened. And then for others, it's not even really that life is crazy. It's, it's almost even maybe back to some sort of normal, but, but normal just isn't what normal was. And, and now normal has become just kind of easy, apathetic even. And, and Sundays, Sundays are easy. And giving that up is, is hard. And it's even harder when you don't recognize or don't even realize a need for what it is. So the same, this, just this week, I've had so many numerous people come up and say, man, I know that when I'm there, like, I feel better. I feel good. And when I'm, and when I'm not, like, and like, things just, they just don't, like, life just doesn't seem to, it just doesn't fit, doesn't feel right. It, it's not that it goes better. I just, it doesn't work. And yet, that same person is still not in church. There's a battle in every single one of our minds right now to understand that he is enough. We say, you are enough, God. God, you're enough. And in Christian circles, oh my gosh, we're the worst. <laughs> There's questions. There's questions that naturally arise when you say things like, he's enough. And yet, predominantly, in our religious circles, what we have done is when anybody ever questions that, well, but, but why or how or when or where, and we say, no, God is enough. Shut the book and shut up. I've, I've seen more people turning away from church than they ever have in the past. And I say that on a day when uh, beautifully, look, man, we're, 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 there's numbers here this morning. It's beautiful. It's amazing. It, it's God doing a, a movement. And yet... I sat down with another guy just this last week who asked me a pointed question. He said, Corey, in your, in your service, on a Sunday morning, what is the percentage of people, I'm fumbling and bumbling because I'm just kind of nervous right now, so this is, this is me trying to make this work. We're going to leave it. <laughs> he, he looked at me and he said, what would, what would you guess is the percentage of people that through the whole service, through the worship, through the, through the message, through the worship, they, they aren't just singing a song, but they are truly like 
taking that moment to, to speak to God. They're, they're worshiping. They're, they're in communication with God. When, when you're speaking, they're, they're really hearing what you're saying. They're applying it to their life practically so that God can do something in their life that day. You know, and, he, and, and he didn't even go into that detail. He just kind of flat out said, how many people do you reckon truly get it? In the church world, we don't like to acknowledge that people don't get it. I, I've been praying about, thinking about uh, uh, another series that I, I'm, I'm, I'm praying I'm, I'm going to start next week that really is geared more for, for those that are unchurched. Um, but it, it deals directly with pain that we're currently dealing with, and yet pains that the church world has been almost unwilling to acknowledge, to admit, exists. Somebody says they're dealing with anxiety and, and we, we write them off. Somebody says they're dealing with depression and, and we, we look at them like, well, then you must not be trusting God. I mean, just some of the, the, the most stupidest things because we've dealt with it. Each and every one of us have had questions and have come out on the other side unscathed. And yet in coming out on the other side unscathed, somehow, some way, we now feel like we're, we're set apart from them. That's, that's, not, that's not how it works. God said that you are a part of him. He, he, said, he said, you're not of the world, but yes, you are still a part of it. So we can't remove ourselves. The church can't distance itself from the questions of today and maintain any sort of, of relevance. We can't shut the door and say, God said it, therefore it is. Now, do I know God said it, therefore it is? Absolutely, and I can stand on it. But to a world that doesn't know God exists, the very moment I say, God said it, and therefore, I'm, I'm the crazy idiot next door. Think about it. it. I mean, literally, I'm the lunatic. Now, I know I'm not, but, but my conveyance of what God has done for me is to everybody else just stupid. We're wrapping up a... Uh, <laughs> Wrapping up our You Are Enough series today, my, my, my guys in the back are like scrambling through my notes going, where is he? Where is he? I don't know. I haven't started. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> look, I, I have to acknowledge, I have to acknowledge that there's more people today, more now so than ever, that feel alone. Men that I 
men who before I looked at and, and, and I, I would judge in a, in a, in a sense, uh, and I hate, you know, a pastor is not supposed to, but, but I, I'd look at him and I'd go, man, that's, that's, a, that's, that's a good man of God. He's going to lead his family well. He's, he's going to be in church every Sunday. He's probably not going to like, you know, be in ministry. He's probably not going to, you know, go, go out and, and tell the whole, you know, office about Jesus, but he's going to live his life in a way that people will know that's, that's a good man. He's, that guy, man, he's going to be faithful to church. And it's that same guy who's just out of the habit. But in being out of the habit, it, it, it gets lonely. We've all heard all the different adages. They come up on Facebook about the, the old man who, who walked off. You know, he wasn't coming to church anymore. And the preacher comes over and sits by his house, doesn't say a word, just pulls a single coal out of the fire and lets it sit there. After a while, the coal dies down. Pastor reaches back over, puts that coal back in the fire, and the coal lights back up. And... We know, we know, we know. Like, we get it. But... But at what point are, are we just going to recognize that he is enough? That's hard. Why? Why is it so hard to recognize that he's enough? Because it, it, in the heartache, in the hurt, and in the pain, it can even feel, the pain can feel so great that it feels like God himself may not even care. Or, or at least he's, he's not bothered with the care. We sang a song there at the end talking about the names of God. Um, and the names of God, they, they tell us who God is. They're attributes of God. It's, it's names, it's qualities of God, and, and they tell us a little bit about who he is. They tell us something about his character. They tell us how he relates to his people, how, how he relates to you and I. And so as we've been going through this series, it really has been a series kind of geared for the church. Hey, you know, let's, 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 let's get together. Let's, let's do this. We're excited. Come on. God's enough. And yet with that question, how many people, Corey, do you think get it? I, I have to stop and ask myself, do I? Do I even get it? Am I living my life as though I know that the gospel changes everything? Am I living my life in such a manner that the people that live around me, that the people that see me everywhere I go, don't just see me? And whether they agree with me or not, because look, Paris, Paris, is, Paris is polarizing. I walk around and people know I'm that church. And that just, it weighs on some people. Whatever that means, we've got drums or I speak too loud. I, I don't know. There's a lot of it. But regardless, do I live my life in such a manner that even those who would never want to grace the door of this church sit there and say, man, God's doing something in him. Or even if they don't recognize it's God, don't even believe it's God, they look and they say something's different than what I see in the world, what I see normal, what I see the average person doing. The names of God reflect those characteristics in my life. 
today I, I want to talk about a, uh, a characteristic of God that was, was expressed by a servant woman in Genesis 16. Some, some quick background. Um, I, don't, I don't know if somebody's out there listening. Will, Will, thank you. Can I just get a, some water? Thank you. Um, Genesis 16 is, is there's a name of God given, but first I want to back up to Genesis 12. Genesis 12, um, there's, there's a promise that's given to Abraham and Sarah. Abraham and Sarah are, are they're visited by an angel of the Lord, and, and they're, they're told, look, you are going to be the father of many nations. The world is going to be blessed because of your children. I mean, for Abraham and Sarah, this had to be just a magnificent moment. God himself sharing with them his promise, and, and here it was, this promise not just to bless the nations, but bless the nations through their kids, through their children. Thank you very much, sir. Y'all give it up for Will. <laughs> Oh, he hates it. That's what's beautiful about Will. He stands up here on a Sunday morning and hates the spotlight and yet shares worship from his heart, standing in front of all of you with the fear of all of you looking at him and yet still just shares his heart through worship. That's, a, that's powerful right there. Um... So, so here's Abraham and Sarah. They're given this promise of God to have not, not, just, not just children, but like the world itself over is going to be blessed because of your children. Like this promise, this promise has lots of little kitties running around. Like, like, like they're everywhere. They're spitting kids out. Wouldn't you be excited? God himself says, you're going to birth a nation. I mean, sure, there's a little bit of like, oh, God. Like, how, how long? How many? Like, whew. But, but, for a couple that couldn't have kids, this is, this is the best thing in the world. This is amazing. This is God himself. Genesis 12. The promise of God to Abraham and Sarah. You jump forward to Genesis 16. Genesis 16, it's been 10 years since the promise of God. And since the promise of God, there is still no, no, no little pitter-patter of feet. And so, as, as, you can, as you would expect, Abraham and Sarah are confused. Confounded. I mean, what word do you want to put in there? What word could you use? You could use them all. Ten years of waiting. It's a long time. Ten years. And so they do what, not what we would do, but they do what we do, in that they thought they needed to help God out. God gave a promise. I don't see that promise. <laughs> Ergo. Now, now, their method, Sarah said, I know, I've got a handmaiden, a servant by the name of Hagar, um, Abraham, why don't you have a child with her, and that will then be the descendants, 
that we are promised of God. At which point I am sure Abraham said, I'm going to have to pray about this. My thought, my guess, probably every married man in the room is thinking, I wish. And every spouse is thinking, you wish. <laughs> but in their culture, this was, this was common. It was, it was what was done. There, there was the, the head of the household and the wife would, would take on servants. And those servants would also then be wives of the head of the household. Again, I recognize our culture says, nah. My wife has always told me, if you ever think about taking a second wife, you will still only be a husband of one. <laughs> um, got it, baby. So, Abraham and Sarah, Sarah comes up with this idea. Abraham agrees. Hagar, Hagar was uh, an Egyptian Slave. She was a servant, but, but she, she didn't have family. She didn't have anybody there other than Hagar and, I mean, uh, Abraham and Sarah. That's, that's who she now had. They, that's who she served, who she worked for. That's, that's all she knew. <laughs> and so they, they go on ahead with this plan. It works. Hagar conceives. And in my mind, I can only imagine what, what initially in Sarah's mind was this is a way that we continue, we bring about the promise of God, now, now turned into a, wait, 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 wait. Like, I don't think her pain, I don't think her disappointment, I don't think her anger, I don't think all of the questions that she had went away just because there was now a son. If anything, I, I, would, I would think she probably had more. God, you, you had promises for me and my husband. You had promises for us. God, I believed it was this. And now, now what? Her first time? I've been trying for 10 years plus, God. I, I can't imagine the pain and the hurt that she was in. Scripture does go on to tell us, we don't know how, but it says that Sarah mistreated, took her pain out on, on Hagar. It says, Scripture says, she mistreated her in such a way that Hagar took off into the wilderness. Pregnant. In a, in a country that's not her own, in a land that's not her own, surrounded by people that don't know her, now she's wandering in the wilderness, pregnant and alone. I, I, life, life would seem utterly hopeless. And then in Genesis uh, chapter 16, verse 7, in verse 7, it says, an angel of the Lord uh, appears to her by a spring of water. And in verse 9, it picks up, it says this. The angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael. 
which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cries of distress. And then down in verse 13, it says this. Thereafter, Hagar used this name to refer to the Lord. She said, you are the God who sees me. The God who sees me. So, we serve a God. We serve a God who's all-knowing. We serve a God who's an ever-present help in time of trouble. We serve a God who's omnipotent. We serve a God who is the creator, the maker of the heavens and the earth. We serve a God who sees everything. And all the church gave a good head nod and a mumbled amen. Scripture says don't do it. Like, I mean, we could make an argument about, like, nope, you're not supposed to bet, Corey. Mm. I would make a bet right now that there's not a one of you that can tell me what that means. Like, some of you are trying to really work at it. Like, what, what was that? What did you even say? What, was, what, what did you say that that was? Because I want to I tell them what that means. But, but not, a, not, a, not a one of us can tell us what the names of God mean. He's omnipotent. That means that he's he's everywhere at once. No, no, no. explain that to me. How How do you legitimately explain he's everywhere at once? Well, Corey, he's the spirit, and he can be everywhere, and... He can be with you and he can be with somebody else. Come on, admit, it, it sounds crazy. It, it sounds a little cuckoo. I know, I know who he is. So, so if I know who he is and yet can still have questions about who he is, then how can I expect a world that doesn't even believe in God to have any idea what that means. What does that mean? Look, knowing God sees everything, it raises valid questions. You are the God who sees. Yeah, but but if but if but if he was the God who sees, then It can cause certain emotions to surface. And again, I say that knowing full well, here we are in the church going, mm, amen, 
nodding our heads like we know what it means, and we still don't know what it means. But if the people we live among are going to see the awesome work that, it, that God is doing in us, if the people that we live among, our neighbors that currently think we're crazy, and, and look, we justify it by saying, well, I don't, I don't go to the crazy church. I mean, like they handle snakes. We <laughs> you don't do that. We, we justify what it is that we separate ourselves from. But our neighbors are still looking at us with valid questions and, and we're going, well, nope. Uh-uh. Is he enough? Because we said it last week, if he's perfect, then, then he can't get any better. And if he can't get any better, then I know that I know that I know that there's, there's enough of him to go around. Like, he, he can't get any better, so if he's the best and he's perfect for me, then I got to keep sharing this because he, he can't get any worse. He can't get any worse because then he wouldn't be perfect. And yet, and yet we, we're scared to step into it. We're scared to step into the fullness of who he is, all he has for us. We, we want to be able to tick a box on a Sunday morning and, and say we were involved. Some of us, that, that means a small church where we know that, that we were there and everybody knows we were there. For others, it's, it's a big church where we can disappear and hide and nobody knows we were there. But both, both are still kind of living a life that, that's unchurched. Uh, <laughs> the first emotion I think that people genuinely feel when you hear that God sees everything, when you hear that, when you hear that God sees me, the, the first thing that should definitely pop into your mind is concern. <laughs> concern. Hebrews 4.13 says, nothing in all creation is hidden from God's sight. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him whom we must give an account. Bum, bum, bum. Look, how many people would be willing to admit this morning that you feel like, while, while maybe not to the ultimate standard of the law, you are a law-abiding citizen? Three of you? Four of you? Come on. How many people... It's being televised. It's on, like, y'all, at least, at least the middle raise your hand so, so they know. <laughs> law-abiding citizens and yet and yet what's the first thing you do when a cop pulls behind you on the road <laughs> like we we have, uh, we have some of the, the, the police staff come in on their off hours and help us out by helping out in the parking lot and direct traffic for us. And it's, it's truly a blessing. But I know that I know that I know that every single one of y'all are pulling out of here. And as you're pulling out, see them. and You, can, you got to reach with this hand and pull it across. And it's not plugged in, but, you know, you're like, officer, officer. Good, good, good Christian nod and, you know, maybe a little, you know, finger wave while you're holding the seatbelt.
even for those who understand grace and mercy, when we hear the words giving an account, it raises concern. There's concern, but, but thank God there's concern because concern leads to wisdom. We don't need to be afraid of concern. Concern is, is what draws us to check what's going on in our lives. Concern, as a church, we've, we've pushed it away. You, you, you can't be concerned. You can't be worried. Yes, be concerned. Why? Because it's only then that you become more like him. Look, we can, we can belong together. We can believe together, but... But if we're not looking to him, we're not going to become. Concern draws to wisdom. It leads to wisdom. It, 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 it causes you to reflect. The next emotion that, that people tend to feel when they hear God sees everything is confusion. Admittedly, if God sees everything, then why is there the, so much suffering? If God is all-knowing, then why is there so much hurt and pain? If God really cares, if he sees what I'm dealing with right now, then, then why doesn't he intervene? There's confusion. There's questions. You can, you can know the Bible backward and forward, front and back. And there's still going to be things that you don't understand. So then why are we worried when other people are confused by what we talk about? Confusion's not an emotion that we need to be concerned about or, or are scared of. It, it's natural. It's going to happen. There's going to be questions. Scripture tells us, Isaiah 55, 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways. God speaking through his prophet Isaiah, like he's telling him what I'm doing is so far beyond your ability to comprehend. Like, 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 that's so egotistical. Oh, my gosh. It's like me standing up here and saying, well, well look, guys, I, I need y'all to understand. I get this, but there's absolutely no way you guys ever, ever will. We don't get it. It causes confusion. It, it doesn't make sense, but, but he knows all. He sees all. 1 Corinthians 13, Paul said, we only know in part, we only see in part. I, uh, I still remember um, as, a, as a child, I don't remember how old I was. I just know it was a long time ago. Um, my, mom, my mom started getting concerned thinking that uh, I needed glasses. No, no kid, no kid wanted glasses. 
it's different now. We're inclusive. We're like, oh, yeah, we love you, four eyes. Um, but at the time, it wasn't. It, there was no love. There was no love. There was none. There was zero. <laughs> like, let me promise you, there was no kid back in that day who played sports who dreamed of wearing rec specs while playing sports. Some of y'all don't even know. My gosh. Rec specs. Mm. Pieces of plastic. I mean, just like... You'd play football, and immediately they'd just fog up with sweat. You can't see anything. Why are you playing? You're not. You're sitting. You're sitting because you're four eyes. I didn't want glasses. Didn't, I didn't need them. I could see. I was fine. My mom took me to the optometrist. The optometrist said otherwise. He said, Corey, you need glasses. I was like, yay. I still remember, I mean, vividly, vividly, vividly walking out of the optometrist that day. The eye doctor, I walked out, and, and my mom, my mom still to this day, to her last breath, couldn't, couldn't stop laughing. She would tell me how I walked out, and the very first thing I said was, oh, my gosh, the trees have leaves. <laughs> I had seen leaves. I had seen trees. I knew what they both were, but, but in that moment, I'd never seen them like that. Like it, it, was, it was new, it was fresh, it was distinct, it was clear, it, was, it made sense. And, and all of a sudden, it, it was, my world was different. One day, one day, we'll be there. Outfitted with our own special set of rec specs. One day we'll understand. One day we'll see clearly. But, but right now, we have questions. Why are, why are we scared of them? Why are we afraid of them? Why should we be? Right now, we don't know what we don't know. Yeah. How's that for how's that for Greek brilliance? We don't know what we don't know. We only see what we see. And that right now it's only in part and and that's okay. I mean there's going to be confusion. We live in a a fallen world. There's there's only a partial view. From the very beginning Adam and Eve we we lived under the curse of sin. And with the curse of sin, there's pain involved in that. There's pain, there's suffering. We have this mentality that, that, that God all of a sudden decided to one day create good and create evil and then just kind of jumble them all together and say, mm, have fun with that. That wasn't what he did. God created good. God created nothing but good. It was, it was the enemy whose, whose sole mission is to steal, to kill, and to destroy, who can't even create anything of his own, takes God's creation, distorts it in our minds, in our lives, twists it, and uses it, where all of a sudden now we question God. We 
get concerned, we get confused, and we regularly experience fear and pain in life. And fear and pain in life will always bring you straight into the eyes of confusion and questions, concerns. It causes us to forget that God is good. To doubt his goodness, it happens to all of us, guys. It, it happens to me. I, 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 can, I, can, I, can be, I can be walking in the fullness of God. God himself can pour his blessings on my life. I can see something that I've been praying for happen. And, and then I can turn around and just be like total ignorant, stupid, forget and doubt. And start living a life where, where I'm, not, I'm not walking in the fullness. I'm not walking like I believe, like I'm living out who he said he is. Like the gospel changes everything. Hagar. Hagar did the same thing. Had a revelation of God unlike anything, anything that, that most of us have ever had. She experiences a God who sees her, a God who tells her your child, is his name is going to be God hears your cry of distress. He answers you. But more than that, he sees you. This moment for her was everything. And so she goes back, follows the Lord. And then five chapters later, after she's come back, now Abraham and and Sarah have had their promised child, Isaac. And so in Sarah's mind, now, now, well, this is, this is the son, that's, that's, That's the mistake. And it it started to create tension for Abraham. And Hagar and Ishmael are are sent packing again. At this time, they're given provisions at least, and the Lord even tells Abraham, I'm going to take care of them. Don't, Don't worry. But for Hagar, she... She's alone. She's given a little bit, but now she's wandering the desert with no means of income, with no means of, of any, any sustenance or, or to bring about finances. She's, she's done for, and slowly, slowly all, all of the things that she was given, the provisions dwindle till there's nothing. And now she's in the desert. Now she's alone. Now, now she's got a son by her side with nothing to feed him, nothing to feed herself. She realizes she's dying of thirst worse. Her son is going to die of thirst. She felt alone. She felt hopeless. God himself had spoken directly to her. She had experienced the God who sees me, and yet here she was. She had forgotten. I wonder how many people today... have simply forgotten. It's easy to forget. It feels feels better sometimes to, to not have to remember. Like... Like there's work involved in, in remembering that God is enough. There, there, there's work involved. I, I'm going to have to become more like him. That means, that means change in me. And, and I don't, uh-uh. I'm comfortable. 
I'm good. Maybe I'll just be stay. Can I, can I just, I don't want to become, I just want to, I just want to be stay. <laughs> we get comfortable and we justify our comfortable compared to somebody else's comfortable because their comfortable doesn't include, at least we're still doing this bit or that bit or whatever bit that we think is, is better than their bit. And, and we justify it all the while. The whole lot of us, we're unchurched in a sense that we still aren't walking in you are enough. We're so busy facing agony, so busy facing hurt, so busy facing pain that we stop trusting in a God who sees. Hagar, she got wrapped up in her hurt and the pain. She got wrapped up in life and everything that was going on around her and she forgot. When you don't know somebody well, it's easy to doubt who they are. It's only when you walk in relationship with somebody that you then develop, you build trust. You then know their character. I, uh, Melissa and I, this last year, She's not sitting on the front row. She's hiding in the back. I, it's, it's one of the perks of being a pastor's wife. Either that or she's serving in kids or she's ministering in one of the 500 different areas that we needed a server here this morning. 20 years. 20 years we've celebrated. Now, now so before I met this beautiful gym that is Melissa, before, before, before I ever even knew she existed, okay, perfect, thank you, I, I did happen, I had, I had purchased a ring for another girlfriend. We were engaged, or to be engaged, and actually, we had talked about it, we had planned it, we kind of, we knew all about it, and so I went out, I bought the ring, and that very night I called her to kind of set up what I'd already planned out was going to be happening, she never answered the very next morning, she calls me up, and she's weeping, she's sobbing, and she's telling me how sorry she is, and she had been sleeping with somebody else. Still loved me dearly, all the whatevers, but, but in the moment, that hurt and that pain, that stuck. It would be very easy, even justifiable, for me to question anytime Melissa's not right here, not right there. Because, of, because this happened to me, this is how I can view life, and because I can view life this way, then, then I can hoard this, I can hold this over you. The beauty of walking with Melissa for 20 years now is I don't have to worry. I, I, I mean, I don't, I don't have to worry. I don't, I can go to bed at night, and look, I, I hate going to, to an empty bed. I hate, I hate it, hate it. Hate going to an empty bed, but I can and not be fearful 
because I've developed a relationship with her. I trust her. I know her. We've walked together. I wonder how much our questions, our concerns are founded in a lack of relationship with the God who sees me. When you walk with God daily, your, your confidence in his character, it grows. It changes. It, 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 starts, to, it starts to shape neural pathways. I, it, it starts to shape who you are, but, but it's only when you're walking in relationship with, not, not when you're showing up on a Sunday. And look, I, <laughs> I'm so glad you did. But I pray you hear my heart. And my heart is telling you it's not enough. Because on the other side of, of feeling concerned, on the other side of feeling confused, on the other side of, of these questions, what we find is, is comfort. We find a God who wants to bring us comfort. Matthew 6, Jesus says, look at the birds of the air. Your, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? He sees you. He, he sees your worries. He, he sees your fears. He sees your insecurities. And, and that, that causes concern in us because we then wonder, God, well, then why don't you? But through those questions of concern, through those questions of worry, including interacting with neighbors, including telling people about the questions, the concerns you're working through, that's what small groups, that's what our communities are about. It's easy to disappear in a crowd. It's easy. It's easy. I, I, even as the pastor of this church, can disappear in this crowd, not be accountable to anything. It's small groups. It's communities. We, we need the small, but, but it's in the small. It's in the building up of the small that then the large is, man, it's a force that's to be reckoned with. It can change a community. It can change lives. It can change hearts. But, but we got to come together, the small and the big. Realizing that we serve a God who's enough. We're not worried or concerned about the questions or, or, or the, the, the fears. Next week, guys, I, I, I really do. I, I want to I deal with, with some of these questions that the church world for so long has just kind of shoved aside. Well, you, you go see a psychiatrist? Oh, my God, that's the devil. <laughs> oh, man. God wants for us to be whole. Spirit soul and mind it's resting in him that we find that it, it, all of it and we need to recognize there's things up here that we don't get and if we as the church don't get it then, then why are we looking around at those those beside us and and questioning their not getting of the getting that we don't get mm -hmm. right thank you <laughs> look on the other side of the not getting guys we find comfort in a god who cares 
but it requires us seeking to know the God who sees you. It, it, might, it might be turning the TV off, putting the phone down. And look, I, I say that, and I know parents across the room are going, amen. <laughs> but parents, it might be turning the TV off, putting the phone down. Like I, I say that, and, and here in just a little bit, I'm blessed. We have so many people that serve, and, and we're going to honor um, a small group of those servers today. We're feeding um, uh, a number of our, our servers here today right after church. And, and I was asked, and I said, yes, I'll make sure it's there, but we will have the, we will have the Cowboys game being televised on the screen. So to all of the volunteers that were sitting there and already thinking, I ain't going because I want to watch the Cowboys. It's going to be on. I say that now in hopes that it will be on. It should be on. But maybe, maybe at some point in your day, there is a point in time where you need to shut things off. The world. Scripture's clear. It says, when you seek him earnestly, you will find him. Church, I, I pray that we seek him earnestly. Psalm 121 says, I lift my eyes up into the mountains. From where does my help come from? The psalmist goes on to answer his own question saying, my help comes from the Lord, the maker of heavens and earth. And look, we, we, we take that scripture. Melissa said it at the beginning of worship. It's, it's a beautiful scripture. We slap it on our refrigerators. To look up to the mountains, where do you have to be? You see, we look at that scripture as like a, we're, you know, we're frolicking in the fields. <laughs> we're up on top and we're spinning daisies and everything's happening. No, sometimes, sometimes you're shouting that from the pit. God, I'm seeking you. Despite the storm, despite the, despite the questions that I face today, God, I'm, I'm keeping my hope. I'm keeping my trust in you. God, I keep, I keep my eyes on you. From where does my help come from? My help comes from you, Lord God, the maker of the heavens and the earth, even here in valleys low, I look to mountains high. We need to see the truth. God is good. There, there is no jumble of, of God looking to hopefully one day slam you into hell because you, 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 did the, you came out wrong on the dice throw. That's not his desire. Sin separates us from him. It, 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 was, it, it was the deception of the evil one who came in and said, look, I can take what God has said, I can twist it and I can use it and I can, I can make pain and hurt be your every day in what God wanted to be relationship, communion. It was for freedom that Christ set us free. See, from the very beginning, God wanted to restore that relationship. That relationship, that desire of his was to walk and talk in the garden throughout every day, every single day, to be in communion, in relationship, where you bear all before him and he, he shares all and carries you through. Do we live like that? 
Do we live like he's enough? I mean, we can say it. We, I, I could do another like we did the very first week. I'm going to say it. You are enough. You are enough. So I am enough. So I am enough. And then we walk out of here, and what do we do? We, we, we check our seatbelt as the cops pass us. We, get, we, we forget this. We forget it. We forget it. I, I'm, I'm encouraging you this week, guys. I, I want to start this, this new series this next week, and, and I really do want to hit, hit some, hopefully hit some topics that, that a lot of us have kind of been, been concerned about. We all deal with stress. We all deal with anxiety. We all deal with depression, and yet we don't want to call it that, and we, we slap a scripture label on it and say we're good and, and go about our business. But, but there's people that are hurting, and just because I'm not doesn't mean that they aren't. We need to recognize and acknowledge around us there's hurt that was brought in by sin. That means that people are going to disagree with what I agree with. And guess what? Okay. Can we disagree and still believe that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever? As the church. And then for those that are unchurched, can we disagree and yet still recognize that it was for freedom that Christ set us free? We ain't walking in the freedom that we think we're walking in. That we, we too were once in that same spot and now, now what? Now we're better because... Because we vote this color over this color? Or, or we're better because we, we talk this way over this way? Or, or, or we're good because we go to church and you don't go to church? Or what is it for you? Or can we recognize he's enough for me? And if he's enough for me, then he's enough for you. And, and man, I, I desire to share that in my everyday, in my work in my job, wherever you are on, on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's your job. It's my job. It's our job. He is enough, so therefore I am enough. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to close in prayer just because I know that I've got children's church workers who are going to curse me right at the moment. In fact, I, I think there's people already staring through the back wondering why I haven't closed out already. Oh. And I see my beautiful wife. Um, God, I thank you. Father, I thank you that you are enough and that you see us. Father, not only that you see us, but that you love us, that, that you are good, Father, and, and that even in our questions, even in our hurts, even in our concerns, Father, you are good. And so, Lord, I, I pray that, that our hearts would be open to your goodness every day, and that with that, we would walk in and show that same goodness to people around us. That we would invite people back into to the place where we know is home, that, that we, the place where we belong, that, that we, would, we would feel welcomed, Lord God, that we would even, Father, that we would even desire, that we would recognize the need in our own lives to commune with others, to be with others, to be in relationship, Lord God, with, with the very people that 
that you've drawn us to. Father, I pray that, that we would recognize daily that you are enough, and so, so we are enough. As I, uh, as I, as I continue to pray, I, I want to, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I, I mentioned earlier that, that because of sin, sin introduced pain and suffering into the world. Guys, it's, it's a different picture than what we've, what, what the church itself is even typically kind of painted is, is what is good and evil. Sin introduced pain and hurt into the world. It, 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 it removed us from the very presence of God, the, the very presence that, that God desired for each and every one of us. It, it removes us even today. Our sin separates us, but God so desired relationship. He's so good that he desired relationship with you and therefore sent his only son just so that you could come back into relationship with him so that sin would be wiped clean from your life so that you could walk in peace with a peace that goes beyond our own ability to understand. Look, if you're here this morning and, and you've never had a relationship with Christ, it really is just as simple as, God, I need you. I'm, I'm not telling you today that it's going to change your life in a way that, like, you're going to walk out of here and, and now you're not going to check your seatbelt when the cop drives by. That's, that's not it. But what it does do is it plants you on a firm foundation that even when the storms of life are knocking about from left to right, guys, you know that you can stand tall because you have a God who's got a purpose. If you don't know him, I'd love to be able to just pray a simple prayer with you. Across the room, if, if everybody will stand with me. I, I want us to close in prayer, and, and I, I want to pray for... for those that don't feel like they have that relationship. I... Uh, Here's what I hope. What I hope is that as we pray this, and I, I want all of us to be able to pray it together. For those that, that, that are praying this specifically today, I, I hope you hear this. I, I want you to, to not just pray a prayer and walk out of here. That's easy to do. Because life continues. Life goes on. But what I, I pray is that in praying this prayer, you recognize something different and you start to seek something different. We've got some, some, uh, some things that we're putting up on, on our website as well as, you, I mean, obviously at any point in time, you can come up here and talk to myself, any one of our other pastors that we'd love to be able to share what this means, what's next, what seeking God is. But, but man, it's, it's, it's on you. It requires a seeking And I pray that you're eager to do so. Again, with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you're here this morning and, and, and there's an eagerness in you, something that, that's welling up that says, I need to know who that is, or, or maybe even for you, it's, it's I've, I've known him, but I don't currently know that he sees me. I don't, I don't feel like it, Corey. I need prayer. If that's you, man, if you just real quickly raise your hand, I want to pray for you here in this room. Awesome, awesome. 
across the room, people acknowledging just the hurt, the pain that they're in, the places that we all go through. Awesome, 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 awesome. Lord God, I thank you for for your strength, for your guidance. Lord God, I do thank you that you see. That, that we, can, we can know it, that we can know it, that we can know it, and yet we can, we can walk away from it every day being faced with life, not recognize it, not seeing it, and yet still, yet still, yet still, you are faithful, you are just, you are, you are seeking us. And so, Lord God, I, I pray right now that across this room there would be a, a rise in people, Lord God, that want to seek you. They want to seek you like, like they've never done before, something different, Lord God. Not what the, the status quo says, not what the normal is, Lord God, but, but I need something new. I need something life-changing, God. And, and Father, I pray that you would reveal yourself to them as the God who sees. The God who sees me, the God who sees them. Lord Jesus, I thank you for all that you are. And Lord, for those here this morning that just want to develop a relationship with you for the first time, Lord, we pray together. Guys, repeat with me. Say, Heavenly Father, today I'm giving my life to you. I thank you that you see me. I ask you to forgive me. I receive what Jesus did on the cross for me. Come and fill my life. It's in the name of your son that we pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you for lives changed today, Lord God. Not necessarily circumstances, Lord Jesus, but faith, acknowledgement, Lord Jesus, a recognition of the rock that never moves, that you are enough, Lord God, and I can stand firm even in the midst of everything going on around me. Lord God, I pray your continued faith, your continued guidance, your continued will on our lives. Lord God, I thank you for what you're doing right here in and through your church, your people, this community. Lord God, it's in the name of your son we pray. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you guys. Y'all have a blessed, blessed, blessed week.